Is the whole really greater than the sum of the parts? Stay tuned for our thoughts on Hello, my name is Billy. And my name is Christy. And you are listening to Thought Zone, a production of the Front Porch Sessions podcast. The Thought Zone series is exactly what it sounds like. These are our thoughts on particular topics, and it's our opportunity to share lessons, experiences, and hopefully offer some help and guidance to others on a variety of topics. And today, it's on some parts or the whole. Yes, and- some parts. <laughs> no, the sum of the parts that doesn't sound right as you say it slowly it's no but what do you think about this idea before we really get into it the whole is greater than the sum of the parts i'm assuming that you have heard that statement before yes and i've probably even used it when you think at some point in our lives we've said some quite possibly yeah quite possibly i i think that there is value to the statement um just as far as a pithy saying yeah sure that's great but when you really break it down, there's a whole lot more to unpack. There, There is really a whole lot more to unpack with that statement. Is that as I have thought about this particular saying for weeks, probably a couple of months now, to be honest, I have come to the conclusion, at least in my mind, as I'm interpreting what is actually said there, it's pretty dumb. Oh, what? <laughs> and I may be misconstruing. I understand what the idea is behind it. Sure. And that's what we're going to yes. get to in a second. Yes. But is the whole not the same thing as the sum of the parts? Right. So when we add all the parts together, we now have the whole. So if yeah. you think it in that uh, aspect, it's kind of a dumb statement. Right. Uh, I think in some terms it's talking maybe about all the parts working together mm-hmm. are greater than individual parts. Mm. In today's world, we might use the word synergy. Of everything working together. Fancy. So does that change your opinion now that I said I think this statement, the whole is greater than some of the parts, is kind of dumb? No. No, because you still focus on probably what the intent of that statement is. Yes, yes. Well, the statement itself is attributed to Aristotle. Okay. Were you aware of that? Uh, I was not, but I do know who Aristotle is. Okay. Well, this phrase has been attributed to Aristotle. And as I've looked into it, it has been misquoted. Oh, wow. That Aristotle really didn't maybe not say this or it wasn't until much later. Okay. Uh, that it was it was used in that terms and maybe even some other uh, older philosophers. Sure. Writing uh, maybe had misinterpreted or some point. Uh, because I do think the whole is greater than the sum of the parts does turn up in some later writings. Sure. But I think that is still a misinterpretation. I did find one thing that says, kind of here's the whole quote in the context, and this is from a 1908 translation by W.D. Ross, Uh, again translating from Aristotle. In the case of all things which have several parts and in which the totality is not, as it were, a mere heap, But the whole is something besides the parts, there is a cause. For even in bodies, contact is the cause of unity in some cases, and in others, viscosity or some other such 
quality. Mm. So I think when we go back to maybe what was originally said there with that idea of besides, it does change it a little bit Mm -hmm. instead of some of. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that most of the time when people use this statement or they hear this statement, they're not really thinking about actually what is being said. Okay. Because the sum of the parts is the whole. Right. Right. But if it's something besides the parts, if you just have the individual parts, you know, to by themselves, they're useless. Right. Or at least in this context. But when you combine them together, they become something greater. And I do think that that is kind of where people are, their intention is mm. when they use this statement. But maybe we need to use a better statement. Well, I think we are definitely in an age, and I, I use that word instead of time because age does sort of, for me at least, it implies a longer section of time. We are in an age where we like the pithy statement. We like to sum things up, and I'm guilty of this, by the way. Uh, I teach those lower-level history classes, and I'm giving bullet points, right? And so I think sometimes we get into this idea of let's sum something up to be something shorter, pithy, easier to remember, and then we with that, we lose the larger context, as you've just demonstrated. And, and you and I have had this conversation, same regards to scripture. You know, we can we can get into this idea of I can quote a particular verse, but I don't know either verse on either side of it, so maybe I don't know the, know the full context. So um, it makes a lot of sense to me that maybe we don't have the complete meaning of what was supposed to have been understood when it was originally said. Okay. So... Yeah, but I I think, too, in my life experience, and I'm only going to go back about 25 years, Mm -hmm. 25 years of living, of working, of being in school, uh, 25 years of observing other people, talking to other people in a variety of positions, in a variety of different organizations, Mm -hmm. I think there is a danger with this idea of the whole is greater than the sum of the parts Mm -hmm. because in some situations and maybe more than I'm willing to admit, I think it has been used as a justification to treat people poorly, Mm. particularly from a a manager-employee situation or Mm employer-employee situation. Mm -hmm. The idea is that the organization, and I'm using the term organization here on purpose, Mm -hmm. and I'm letting that be wide open. Mm -hmm. It could be a business. It could be some sort of educational institution. It could be a committee. Mm -hmm. It could be government. It could could be a sports team. It could be your chess team. It could even, I think, be a personal relationship. Oh, sure. So this organization, or the idea of organization, as I'm using it right here, is encompassing almost any type of thing where there's more than one person that's working together for a common goal. Yeah. And I think some people take this idea of the whole is greater than the sum of the parts to mean that whatever we're able to accomplish or the organization is able to accomplish is more important than the individuals that lead to those accomplishments. And that can be problematic. How so? Well, I mean, I think I have two thoughts that keep resonating with me. You and I have sort of been talking about this off and on for a few weeks now. Number one, I keep thinking of the old game show, The Weakest Link. And when you think about that, kind of the premise of the game was they were answering questions, if I'm not mistaken. And 
they're essentially looking for of this group of people who was struggling the most to answer questions correctly. They were the weakest link. And ultimately, you know, they turn it into a game, but the idea was that they're looking for who's the strongest person by weeding out the weakest. And when you have an organizational structure that focuses on that, that can be problematic. But the other side of that, of course, is is that I've worked in organizations where I've worked in a team that was on fire. And I try to think through that and there wasn't a so-called weakest link. And because of that, you had a very strong, healthy team from my perspective, of course. Uh, that doesn't mean perfect, by the way. But to me, that means that that particular statement, we're taking it to too one-dimensionally, this whole idea of some of the parts versus the whole, because when you look at the whole, it is a sum of parts. And if that sum of parts is not working well, there are weakest links, so to speak, then you can't have a great or even a good whole. I feel like I just talked in circles. I hope that made sense. It, it made sense to me. And hopefully to our <laughs> listeners, it makes sense, which brings up this idea that I don't think we're going to address today on this particular Thought Zone. You and I have talked about this, uh, that we will, and trying to figure out where it puts in. I'm going to throw out this concept of coach up or coach out. Yes. And there's a lot more to unpack than we can unpack mm -hmm. with that right now. But it's either you're helping individuals improve themselves so they are a better contributor to the team mm -hmm. or you're helping them to realize they don't need to be a part of yes. that particular team yes. or that organization. What I have found here is that sometimes, and this is from observation, uh, talking to people again over a two, two and a half decades at least, is there are some people that take this idea that the organization is more important than the people involved in the organization. Therefore, they mistreat them mm -hmm. because as a part, you don't really matter. Mm. And there is a fallacy with that idea. Yes, absolutely. Because if you are the head of an organization and you're not able to get the best out of your people, mm -hmm. How is your organization going to be successful or be the best it can be? It can't. And I don't want anybody to misunderstand what I'm saying here is I don't think your team or your organization is going to be firing on all cylinders every single day. Absolutely. There are days that people just have bad days or they have off days mm -hmm. and they're not necessarily being 100%. But if you have a good organization and a good organizational structure, most of the time you won't even notice. Right. Because if there is somebody's having an off day, there's somebody else that's picking up the slack. Yes. But to overlook the contributors to your organization mm -hmm. because the organization is greater mm -hmm. than those parts mm -hmm. is a huge mistake. Well, let's, in my mind. let's piggyback on what you said as far as the idea of, well, if somebody is falling behind, there's somebody picking up the slack. Think about that on the long term. If you have a member of your team who is the weakest link and is constantly in that role, that means that the expectation is that the whole is still got to function. It's still got to be great. So however many people to cover the shortfall from person X who's not doing well, that's going to tax 
the the overtime workers, so to speak, and then they're not actually going to be working at their premium or optimum output. Can I say it like that? You can, and I think it will create more problems. Absolutely. Because, and that's a flip side of what I've been thinking here. If you, again, we all have bad days. Yes. But if as the head of the organization or the team, depending on whatever you are in, in the organization, if there is a team member that is consistently underperforming right and other people are always picking up the slack right you're going to have more problems right there's going to be burnout there's going to be stress there's going to be animosity yes uh, probably a couple other things that yes. come about from that and eventually the whole is going to suffer yes so as the leader of that team or organization you have to deal with that right and again we'll talk about this at a different time but coach up or coach out yeah because you want your your parts to be optimally functioning. Yes, yes. Well, you mentioned the word resentment, and and that can go both up and down, that resentment for the people who are having to cover the slack of the person that is struggling. That resentment's going to, of course, run towards the person you're covering for, and then also to the boss who is turning a blind eye. Now, I think you're you're saying this without saying it. Um, we're not we're not referring to people who are out for disability or are out for some sort of short term. Uh, there there's just a temporary problem that they need to be out. That's that's certainly not what's going through my mind. I'm thinking of a contributing member of the team or the staff who's not contributing they're they're there but they're not there right they're not doing what they need to because you and I have both have been in situations where someone has had something extraordinary happen that kind of takes them out of the game but you know I've thought a little bit about this in regards to this last year for us I kept looking for the hope I kept looking for okay when is this going to be over because I actually need to see on the other side of it to go okay this is just temporary and when it's not temporary and we're thinking in terms of how long are we going to have to pick up the slack of person X and I can't see an end in sight because the boss is turning a blind eye to it or the the team member is not owning that they are in trouble, it, it's, it really makes for a difficult situation and it becomes emotionally taxing, professionally taxing, and ultimately can lead to the whole breaking down. Absolutely. And looking back for me over the last two and a half decades or so of working, of being involved in other organizations, which may not actually be considered employment, mm. I totally get that because, uh, and again, I'm saying this idea, you know, they're having a bad day mm-hmm. or not a productive day. Yeah. That could actually yeah. be a week or, sure. or whatever. Yeah. It's just a term, yes, not yes. necessarily meaning a literal day. Well, so over the past two and a half decades or so, I have been in situations where there is somebody because of life circumstances, they're not optimally uh, productive within the organizational role that they have. Sure. Nobody that I can recall minded stepping up and helping out or covering some of that. Right. There are others that continually underperformed. Mm Mm-hmm didn't pull their weight, it was overlooked, Mm -hmm. and all it did among everybody else was create resentment. Mm -hmm. And I think that has to be dealt with. Yeah. But I also think uh, it has to be dealt with from a different perspective of that those that are in the so-called leadership positions of an organization don't mistreat the parts. Right, right. Because, 
if you're only looking at it as the whole, what are, you know, what is our revenue for the year or what are, how much did we produce or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and you're using that as a way to mistreat the so-called parts as sure. we keep referring to them, to, in, to people, mm-hmm. that creates a different level of resentment. And in the long term, that is going to create underperformance. Yes. Because as much as individuals want to say the whole is more important, I'm going to disagree and say the parts Mm -hmm. are more important. Because if the parts are not firing correctly, (laughs) the whole is useless. Yes. Both you and I in our work life and even outside of some of our work life have been involved in different organizations where our job has been to make other people look good. Yes. Sometimes they've been bold and told us, this is your job. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes that's been fine. Sure. You know, at least the public face of it is present yeah. that, you know, okay, yeah, I know I did all the work. You get all the credit publicly. That fu- That's fine. Uh, I can't speak for you, but I know I've been in situations to, where that has happened and it kind of went to somebody's head and I didn't even get the credit behind the scenes right. within the organization. Right. I understand my job is to support the organization to make it look good. Mm-hmm. And in that uh, realm, credit doesn't really matter. Right. But when it comes back to the internal side and you're overlooked for all the work you did. Right, right. That, that's where I'm getting at. This idea of they started thinking the whole mm-hmm. is greater than the sum of the parts or the parts don't matter and start to treat people poorly in that situation. Yeah. And I don't always think that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And I've got some imperfect analogies I can share. (laughs) And I do recognize that there are a few faults with these, but I think it works. One is several years ago, we had a Suburban Mm -hmm. and we no longer have a Suburban. No, because, (laughs) yes, but because things were starting to break down Mm -hmm. and it was going to cost more to fix everything Mm -hmm. than the actual Suburban was worth at that point in time. Yes. And we'd already had to fix some of those things. When your heater goes out (laughs) in the middle of winter where we live, you need a heater. Yes, yes, yes. So we had put that into it. Several months later, it starts to get into summer. The compressor goes out. Yeah. I knew uh, roughly, I didn't look it up, but from experience 20 years before, I knew about how much that was going to cost. And at this point, I'd made the mistake of looking up the value (laughs) of the Suburban. Well, and there were a few other minor things. We went for about a year. I didn't have the compressor Mm -hmm. replaced. Mm Mm-hmm. We rode around without wind, with the windows rolled down yeah. with no air conditioning, and we didn't take it on long trips. But because you start adding up all of the cost of the parts and labor, mm-hmm. it was going to be more than the value of the vehicle. Right. What was the point? Right. And so, I mean, it's an imperfect analogy, but also, you know, those parts by themselves, if they're not in that vehicle, sure. they don't help with anything. They're just laying there. So right. I get the idea with the sum is greater or besides the parts when yes. they're just there. I'm going to have to try to, I'm going to have to commit that to memory, which is going to be difficult because we're so used to saying the other, yeah. which when you think about the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. The idea I think makes sense. So, well, the other thing related to this is you have to tend to the parts. Yeah. To make the whole functional, you have to tend to the parts. And sometimes, and maybe it goes back to the whole idea of coach up or coach out. Mm-hmm. With the Suburban, it wasn't uh, cost efficient for us to replace the things that need to be replaced. Right. We were going to put more into it than we were going to be able to get out of it. Mm-hmm. More recently, we were getting ready to take a trip. And uh, the night before we were going to leave, we had ordered a pizza. 
Yes. And I was going to go pick up the pizza in the vehicle that I drive regularly. I go to get into it. It doesn't start because <laughs> we were going to take your vehicle on the trip. We'd already started packing. We yeah. put a few things in there and like it'd just be easier. Well, the vehicle doesn't start. That's a problem. Yeah. And typically when a vehicle doesn't start in that manner, it's one of three things. The battery, the alternator, or the starter. Mm -hmm. The way it was acting, I thought it was the starter. Well, I hopped in your vehicle. We went and got the pizza, came back. That's neither here nor there. So two, two and a half weeks later, we come back into town. I checked the car again, still going into it thinking it was the starter. Uh, I had talked to my dad who suggested I do some other things. But here I had a little bit more time, mm -hmm. even though it was the night that we got back. I cleaned the battery cables really good. I did a few other things and the car started. Yep. And it, was, it wasn't was acting like it was anything yeah. related to the battery. Yeah. It was totally starter. And the, we're not going to get into all the mechanics and having to how you can test some of those things. But at that point in time, it didn't matter how valuable that my vehicle was. Mm -hmm. There was a part that was not functioning correctly. Therefore, at that point in time, my vehicle was useless. Right. So one part, by the way, one part, likely one part, one part. And in this particular situation, it had to do with some corrosion on the battery cable. One of them was loose uh, because it can't be tightened anymore on the post. And I did have it checked once we got back and they just needed to replace a battery cable mm. for that. But still, it's these three or four little things. But if one of them is not functioning, that car is useless. Yes. And I think those that are in charge of particular organizations or teams within organizations yeah. forget that. Yeah. That they tend to think oftentimes that the organization is the most important thing and boom, boom, boom. But if you're not tending to those parts, you have a problem. Right. You know, the battery cable t was very easy to replace. I had had them do it instead of me doing it uh, because it was easier at right. that point in time. Uh, cleaning the battery cables, very easy for me to do, and I took care of that. But if I did not take care of those parts, what would happen? Right. Sticking with this idea of, of an imperfect analogy, why do you, and you is the general term here, do routine maintenance on your vehicles. Right. Take them in for regularly scheduled oil changes and those type of things. Check your tire pressure. Right. Uh, which I hope all of you are doing on a regular <laughs> basis with those things. But why do you do that? Because you want to maintain the parts to make sure they are working optimally. Right. Because if any of one of those parts starts to have a problem, the vehicle's going to have a problem. Right. When you have these prolonged problems within your organization and you're so focused on the organization rather than the parts, you're eventually going to have huge problems. Yes. And you and I have read a book that really does a wonderful job of exploring this both, uh, well, on a number of different levels, including um, an educational institution as well as government institutions. And that's a guy by the name of Robert Gates. He wrote a book called A Passion for Leadership and basically uses his 50 years of experience in uh, CIA and NSA. And then is it Texas Tech or Texas A&M? I can't remember which I believe one. it's A&M. A&M. And he basically uses these experiences. And, and yes, it's a book about leadership, but largely he's discussing, I think, exactly what you're talking about, that when you get so focused on the whole, you are missing, it's kind of that whole forest of the trees. 
he really focused in all of those institutions on making sure the trees were okay, the individuals were okay, because he knew, and there's a line that you and I often refer back to when he talks about his time as president of Texas A&M, that he felt like his staff, faculty and staff, were um, not a renewable resource, that students were a renewable resource, that he needed to make sure he took care of the people that worked for him. And that's something that really has, in many regards, stuck with me and obviously with you, because we we refer to this, I, I don't even know if it's maybe every month, that somehow we get tied back to Gates in that regard. Absolutely. And I've brought it up as I've talked with other people. Mm-hmm. And, and some of them are within education, some of them are not. And normally I use that line and they were they're shocked. They don't believe it. They don't want to believe it at that point. But the more I talk to them about it, I'm like, really think about this. Yeah, yeah. And it's true. And I do highly recommend. Did you get the name of that book? Yeah, I can say it again. Let's, let's do that one more time. I highly recommend this. If you are in any sort of leadership position, yeah. yes, this is kind of geared towards a little bit of those that are in education, but it really is for anybody in leadership. Agreed. Uh, the examples will come, some from his time in the CIA or whatever he was the head of. Was yeah. it CIA? CIA, NSA. And, and then as the president of Texas A&M. But it is a fantastic book that I highly recommend. And it will change, uh, hopefully, it, it will change some of your perspectives on things. So give us that title once again. A Passion for Leadership. And it's it's got a longer, like, colon and then the rest if of it. But A that. Passion for Leadership. It's Robert M. Gates. And it's one that you and I have both read. I refer to it often. Yes. And it's one I think I want to read again. I agree. Maybe, I own it. I oh, liked it so much that it. I bought it. Okay. I didn't know we owned it. Yeah. Well, so I might do that. So, yes. <laughs> so I might do that or, or look for it as a download to listen to it as well. Yeah. Uh, but it, he really does in there talk some about this idea. And until you mentioned it, I had forgot completely about that. Yeah. That if you take care of the parts here, yeah. you take care of the trees, you're going to have a forest. Yep. Uh, you take care of the parts you take care of the parts of your vehicle, mm-hmm. it's going to last longer. It's going to be functioning better, better, excuse me. It's going to be more optimal. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of all the right words no, to I'm say, and they're all coming together. That's what I was thinking. And, and not coming out right. And I think of some of the individuals that I know that I think are great leaders, mm-hmm. that are great bosses, Yeah. Uh, maybe even great managers. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference between yes. all of those yes. type of things. And uh, I don't want to name names. Uh, several of them I'm related to. Oh. I have seen this in action. Yeah. From having been with them at their places of employment. Mm-hmm. And what they do for those that are under their charge mm-hmm. and the respect there and the admiration, they treated the people that worked under them as people. Yep. They were concerned about them. Yep. They understood them, and they were able to draw the best out of them. Yeah, so much so that they were, the whole was functioning above what it should be. Yeah, and uh, it's not just people I'm related to. I can think of two people I'm related to that this is happening. I can think of a couple others. Yeah, real easy. Yeah, that that. But it's because they understood this. Yeah, and I can guarantee if I talk to one of them and I use all these fancy terms, they're not going to be. They're not going to buy into it, to the terms. But when we talk about it, they're like, well, you treat people with respect. You treat people with dignity. You encourage people. And if you want to have a functioning organization, if your people aren't functioning optimally, your organization is dysfunctional. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And unfortunately, we sometimes don't fully know how great the leadership is of an organization until there is some sort of crisis. And I was thinking about two particular times for me, one of which happened probably 15 years ago, had um, a I'm going to call it a minor health crisis, but it was one that was going to sort of take me out of action for about a week or something like that. Happened pretty quick. Had to go in to tell my bosses. I was in middle management and retail at this point. Went in and told my bosses, like, I don't have any choice. I have to go in. Um, I'm going to be out for this amount of time. And I had uh, two bosses above me and both of which were just phenomenal. And you actually made reference to John. I'll name drop him. Um, he basically immediately was, he wanted to know how I was personally. He wanted to give me a little bit of life experience because he had actually been down the road that I was about to go down. And it was never, okay, can you let us know when you're going to be back? Or do you have somebody to cover for you? Nothing like that. It was worried about me as a person. And then fast forward to an experience that I had, it's probably been more like seven or eight years. I had bronchitis. And I was going to be out for a couple of days because I essentially needed to get beyond the whole fever, um, <laughs> your contagious kind of period. And the response from uh, somebody that was directly above me was, now do you have everything covered? Meaning, have you covered your classes? Have you, like, it, it was not sympathetic. And, and I just, it's kind of interesting how this this one experience with john all those years ago that's what sticks with both of us that he showed such great compassion for me as a person that ultimately i found myself that much more loyal to him and to the company because of how he treated me in a tough moment absolutely and we were just talking about that or yeah. i brought it up a couple of days ago or a week ago and the thing is, though, from the get-go, they valued you as a team member within yes. that organization yes. and what you could bring to it. And, and all the details of why I think that aren't important at this, this juncture. Did that job have its difficulties? Oh, Did it sure. have its problems? <laughs> yes. But I don't think for any moment that you doubted that they wanted the best for you and they were going to do what they could yeah. to bring out the best of you. And uh, so much so with the situations you're talking about with John here, that they weren't worried about what was going to happen. No. They they were going to cover it if they had to. Yeah. There were other managers that would step in if needed to, or the, the manager and the assistant yeah. manager of the whole organization would take care of it. And so much so that there were some issues that I had to call a mm -hmm. couple of days later and said, she can't come. And he's yeah. like, okay, that's no not questions. a big deal. There were no questions. Because they knew, yeah, or he knew at least, that if they didn't show that care and compassion, but if you were not in a position to function optimally, the organization was going to suffer. Yes. And it's weird that up until a week or so ago, I had not thought about mm -hmm. that moment in ever how long it's been. Yeah. And then we were talking about some other things. I'm like, do you remember this? Yeah. <laughs> And here we are yeah. talking about it publicly on a podcast. Yeah, I, I know better than to say something like this, but we're talking about a Fortune 500 company, at least at that point, it probably still is, and retail, which if any of you have ever worked retail, it, it's it's an interesting beast in and of itself. And I don't yes, think any of us would have... Uh, been offended if they had said, okay, well, we need a timeline or something like that because... Or you have X amount of six days, yes. sick days and... 
whatever. There, there's nothing like that. It was, it really was, it was really a highlight for really a tough job. It was, you, you weren't joking. <laughs> there were some hardships with that job, but they, I knew my value through them. And that was, that was really empowering for a mid 20 something. Again, this idea though, if you take care of the parts, yep, the whole is going to be better. Yep. Uh, and I don't remember much about when you were able to, to go back to work, how that, that functioned. They were still concerned about yes. you and asking you questions and, and not, you know, crossing the line or inappropriate, yeah. which some yeah. people would think, like, how dare you ask questions about personal, you know, there's, we're not going to get into that on this no, thought. they sent flowers too. Do you remember uh, that? I do not remember that. They sent flowers. Uh, but when you make those in your organization feel valued, they're going to work harder. Absolutely. And they're going to produce harder. Absolutely. And if you're so concentrated on the outcome and how the organization is going to look that you mistreat the parts sure. that are the organization or or are the whole, right? you have a problem. Yes. And I, I've seen this. And I want to say all across the country, but I haven't been <laughs> all across the country. So I'm going to say like a third and a half. A third and a half. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm making up my own measurements okay. here. All right. I've seen this in a, a number of places. Okay. Uh, both with people I've talked to. I've seen it personally. I've read about it. I've listened to podcasts about it. I've read articles about it. I've read books about it. Mm -hmm. This isn't something that you and I are the only ones seeing. Yes. Uh, we may be the only ones brave enough <laughs> that we know right now to just come out and say this. Yeah. I think what it comes down to is if you are in charge of an organization, and again, whatever that is, it's a business, it's an educational institution, it's a charity, it's a city, it's a, a state, it's a team mm -hmm. of some sort it's a committee it's a uh, personal relationship such as yours and i's where we are married you cannot use the head of that being the head of that organization as an a, a opportunity to mistreat people right and for any organization to function at its optimal capability you have to have to no exceptions have to take care of the parts absolutely and I think we could probably keep repeating the same things over yes. and over. This is very important to me. Yes. With this, and as I have done some some study into this, some reading, even have written some things which haven't shown up on the podcast, so you probably can't tell. Mm -mm. Uh, looking at this idea, trying to collect my own thoughts, is um, I don't know. I don't. I don't really know. It it basically comes down to how you treat those that are within your organization. Yes. And what you can and pull out of them. Yes. And we could, if we wanted to, we could probably sit here and come up with a hundred examples. And I'm going to say 95 of them are doing it wrong. <laughs> are the ones that are showing that the whole is greater than the parts. But is that but because... 5% is doing it right. We notice, unfortunately, when things are going poorly. That may be true. That may be true. That it could be that we're, not just you and I, but others are kind of conditioned to see the bad and yeah. maybe there is more good out there than we're aware of mm -hmm. and people not doing this uh, and i can think of some people somewhat recently again not people that i'm related to but mm -hmm. in other organizations that it appears that they are doing this yeah and they would probably be in that five percent i was talking about but you're right that's that's a good good thought there 
Yeah, I think we sometimes, and it's, I mean, I tease you on the regular podcast about sometimes seeing the negative, but the reality is, is I think that oftentimes, much like we see leadership really shine or fail in crisis, the same holds true to us as outsiders looking into organizations. We really notice them when it's going belly up. That's when they're making national news. That's when we're paying attention to, oh, they have had a big problem for many years. If you look in some of those large organizations, and I'm not talking about corruption or fraud, although that probably holds true as well, these are things that have been fostered or allowed for a long time. Well, and I think something that maybe supports the contention that it's not just that we see the ones that are screwing this up and that maybe it is more than we even realize. One of the fastest, or at least has been one of the fastest growing degrees, or, and I'm not sure about a bachelor's level, I know at a master's level, mm-hmm. is organizational leadership. Yeah. That there is a need and a desire to be able to do it correctly. Yeah. So that makes me think it's a greater problem than you and I even realize. Right. That's a great point. And we definitely are seeing that pop up all over the place. And hopefully the degrees that people are seeking and then getting are somehow beneficial to mankind as a whole, not just to their institution, but that it might change culture overall. Because certainly you and I could go back to listening to stories from our parents and their workplace experiences and then compare them to where we are now and and wonder, are, are we moving in a good direction as far as what's acceptable and what's what's changing in, in the right direction, even if it's not necessarily moving at the same pace, institution or company to company? But I'm I'm interested to see the more education, the more people are actually focusing on organizational management, et cetera, organizational leadership, that we'll see the dividends later on. Fingers crossed. We can only hope. Yeah. Because from my observation and personal observation as well as reading and and looking at a few of these things, I hate to say this, uh, but I have found that there are there's a significant number of people that hide behind educational level mm. and it doesn't matter what the actual degree is in and what they were supposed to learn. They didn't really learn that. Yeah. And they hide behind an educational level, make thinking that they are the expert or they know how to do it. Sure. But in reality they don't. Yeah. And that actually works both ways. I've shared with you before an experience on the city level with my work with the city that there's been an example of someone who's basically come in and they have expressed that they are the expert on something. And uh, for a lot of my colleagues, they are incredible business owners and leaders in the community, but maybe they don't necessarily know the right questions to ask. And I finally looked at one of my colleagues and I said, what is that person's, what's their credentials? And basically the, my colleague looked at me and goes, huh, that's a really good question because they just had taken as a fact that they were an expert in a particular field. And it wasn't that I was necessarily doubting, but you and I working in academics, we understand that just because you say you're an expert doesn't mean you're an expert. Doesn't mean you are. And we can talk about that totally on a different uh, show, even the regular one coming from a legal background. 
with expert witnesses. It's oh, not sure. always that you have to have some fancy degree. Right. You could have expertise yes. because you have experience yes. and become an expert. So, you know, that's kind of a tough one yeah. to hide behind. But I'm hoping with this increase in people getting these degrees in leadership or organizational yeah. leadership, some of these things will change. I can only keep my fingers crossed yeah. that that's actually going to happen. Yeah. I'm not sold on it yet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and before I sounded like a total snob, I don't want to leave people thinking that that was my approach with this person. It was just, I know that sometimes I am guilty of hearing someone say, oh, I've got all these extra letters behind my name. It makes me an expert in this particular right. area. And so I was actually trying to empower my colleagues to say, but are you? And right. not in a snobby way. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you, like I should explain that. You know, they're taking this person as an expert in a situation and you want to know why are they an expert? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people that have um, degrees in certain things, sure. but they've never done those things. Yes. And yes. there's a difference between the theory and the reality. Yes. But that's getting off for another show for another day. <laughs> Well, uh, I think this thought zone probably went a little longer than we'd like to to keep them, but that's okay. Yeah. It's totally okay. Do you have any closing thoughts, again, about this uh, statement that attributed to Aristotle, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, which Aristotle did not actually say? <laughs> I think my uh, closing thoughts on that would essentially just be, don't take the pithy saying as, oh, this is... The statement to live by actually look at the larger picture which really does sort of play into the actual phrase so to speak and be mindful of the individuals that actually uh, make up that whole i i'm sort of blending the the actual words to the concept but i think you and i both having been in the working world for some time now, we've been able to see it from a number of different levels. And all I keep thinking about is if you don't have the individuals, there is no whole. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know that I can really follow that up. I'll take with it. With that, I was, I was thinking a little bit about some of the things that we have. I, I've tried and I, I need to focus a little bit more of my effort and building cigar box guitars and we have some of the parts that i need to work on some new ones yes and they are scattered about either in our basement or in our garage and they're just the individual parts mm. as such they really can't do anything yeah but when i take these things and they i get them to where they're all functioning correctly and i put them together lord willing i have created this beautiful, unique instrument. And the word I was thinking was cool. Well, that too. They really are cool. They are. And, and it's a learning process for me yeah. about how to do this. But all these pieces on their own, they don't do anything. Right. But they have to be handled carefully. And each piece is going to be important that when it put, is put together for it to create a functional whole. Yeah. And I don't think it, anybody that's in charge of an organization, again, however you want to define organization, you can't lose sight of the fact that the parts mm -hmm. in many regards are actually more important than the whole. Because if you take care of the parts, you're going to have a optimally functioning whole. And can we make sure to, um, I almost said amplify, but let's, let's really underline that you're not talking about the leadership. You are actually talking about the worker bees or the trees. I, I think, yes. I think we're really struggling, uh, sometimes too, that there might be someone in leadership hearing this or someone in management, let me say it that way, that their interpretation of this is, 
well, I've got all my management team online. We're, we're healthy as a horse. We're going to make this work when the reality is, is you maybe have an unhealthy staff that actually makes everything work. It's a very complex dynamic that you have to work with and being able to break these things down, which unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, uh, we can't do in a short thoughts on series. <laughs> what is funny is we try to keep these about 35 minutes. And at this point, we're getting close to 45. Oh, boy. Uh, just because this is something too, that I think as we continue to develop our thoughts mm -hmm. on this, we may have to come back and revisit and to expand on because I like this idea of looking at is the thought is the whole really greater than the sum of the parts. Mm -hmm. Because it opens up to so many other areas of discussion. Absolutely. And you've already, you've alluded to some of those. And as you were explaining some things earlier, my mind went to character. Oh, sure. Uh, we have a friend that he's, he's in the character business. Yeah. And that's what he teaches, as well as some other things. Sure. And his business uh, is built around that idea. And it's yes. grown from initially coming in and teaching character. Yeah. Uh, so we may have to talk about that at some point. Absolutely. And a number of other things. But you have to take care of the parts. Yep. Uh, and this is this might be too simplistic a way of looking at it. I think if you take care of the parts, the whole will take care of itself. 100%. If you just focus on the whole and don't take care of the parts, mm -hmm. the whole is going to fall apart. Absolutely. Again, imperfect analogy. I know some people that will spend a lot of time washing and waxing their vehicles. Maybe they'll even vacuum out the inside and armor all it. Not a sponsor. Uh, but they don't take care of what's under the hood. Right. Or right. they don't keep the air in the tires and some of these things. So it looks good from the outside. Yeah. But on the inside, it's crumbling. And very shortly, it's going to be useless. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we would love it. If uh, those of you that chose to listen to this particular Thoughts on series, if you have any thoughts related to this old uh, saying of the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, we would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yes. And if there are things that you would like for us to dive into uh, with our th particular Thoughts on related to this or something else on a future Thoughts on episode, please let us know please. And until next time, I've been Billy. And I've been Christy. And you've been listening to Thoughts On, a production of the Front Porch Sessions podcast. See ya.